And the talent doesn't stop with the music. The talent is just getting going. Here to share with us the ultimate success mantra is our spiritual leader, our spiritual director, and a man who lives close to tears, Reverend Patrick Cameron. Good morning. Thank you, Reverend Catherine. All right. <clears throat> I saw them all go out the door together. I thought, how do you think that looks? I'm getting ready to go on, and they all go out the door together. So, But they did it so... You were all in such great agreement. No one was pulling anybody. It was just like they all just left. So. All right. Yeah. He's a gem, that guy. He's just a gem. So good morning. If you would like to sing a song with me, that would be lovely. If not, I'm going to sing it anyway. And if you'd like to stand and sing it with me, that would be even lovelier. But please stay seated if that's how you're guided. Although I am taking names. All right. In this very room There's quite enough love For all the world And in this very room There's quite enough joy For all the world And there's quite enough love And quite enough power to walk through our every fear for spirit one spirit is in this very room in this very room in this very room and I invite you to know with me in the I am and understanding that I am is for all of us for there is only one one life, one power one infinite divine intelligence that life is God's life that life is perfect that life is my life now claim it with me for it is the truth of our being without doubt in this moment and for what I know for myself as I claim it I feel the vibration of the Most High move in and through and as me I am immersed in it I recognize it, I celebrate it and I say yes so in that yes may each and every one of us may I for that is the only place that I can know and do the work may I know my next step may I enter into that deep conversation of life where the genius resides that is mine and mine alone where the beauty and the joy and the success and the abundance have an opportunity to reveal guide and express that is why I am here. I understand it. I say yes to that. I accept that. I celebrate the joy and the abundance and prosperity in each moment as I move along. For this, I give thanks, knowing every good thing pours itself forth for my benefit here and now. And I invite you to say with me, and so it is. Please be seated. So... Is there another musician that's going to come out and help me with this? They're all back there eating right now. They're... We provide Fritos. 
and Sloppy Pats for uh, lunch. They used to be Sloppy Joes, but I'm Pat, so they're Sloppy Pats. So, is he is he here? Oh, come on up, buddy. Oh, wait, not yet. Yes, yeah, right. No. <laughs> Got to set up the song, but you can come on up and get ready for it. So this guy goes to a. Ah, uh, oh, go ahead, go for it. Pay any attention to me. Fred goes to a carnival, and he wins a guitar. And so Fred comes home. Oh, there's where I left my pick. And he starts playing. He gets himself a little guitar book, and he starts playing. And he learns this chord. He learns G. And so every day, Fred sits on the porch and does this. Finally, his wife says, Fred, is there another chord you might be willing to learn? And Fred says, no. And so Fred's wife, Mary, goes to a concert that night that Fred didn't want to go to. And she comes home the next morning, and Fred's a little prickly. It's always difficult to have the conversations with Fred about changing any type of behavior. And she says, you know, Fred, I was at the concert last night, and I was watching this fellow play the guitar. And he, he, played, he played that chord you play, and then he played a different chord, and another chord, and his hand moved up and down the, the, the fretboard, and it was just beautiful. And he had a bunch of chords. And Fred <clears throat> stood there playing G, he said, well, I'll tell you why that is. Because that other fella hasn't figured out where he's supposed to be. And I have. <laughs> so I know G is a lovely chord, but you'd probably like to hear. So what happens when we add a few more chords? And this is a wonderful, one of my favorite songs. It's a, it's a little chant we've done before. It's, it's called So Sacred. And it's uh, inspired by the poetry of Rumi. And I've asked uh, Jordan to join me on this because he is... Uh, He's my guitar teacher as well. So sacred, so secret, so precious, this love. So sacred, so secret, so precious, this love. I will share I will share this love so sacred so secret so precious this love so sacred, so secret, so precious, this love I will share, I will share this love. This love, this love. Thank you, buddy.
Thank you, and thank Jordan Kravitz. But isn't it nice when we have another chord to play? Or 14, as Jordan just said. And so how many of us go through life just playing G? I figured out where I'm supposed to be. This is it. Done, finished, complete. And I know that that's not true for us, but it's true for many. Uh, one of our, our board members sent me this today and I thought it was just so apropos around community and why we're here John, John Dixon and I want to thank John he's with us this morning and this is uh, from uh, a quote by George Leonard George Leonard was the man who, termed the, who coined the term human potential movement he passed away January 6th of this year so a couple weeks ago and what he had to say was the problem with a lot of the transformational experiments in the 60s and 70s was that they were quick fixes, big bang type experiments. But to, to really change, you've got to be willing to stay on what I call the plateau. And that's where we have found the best results. I call it the mastery curve, and it means that you stay on a plateau for a long time when, you've lear- when you're learning a new skill. And then every so often, you'll have a little spurt upward. And when that spurt occurs, they often say, okay, no, I'm learning. But what we have to teach people is that, that, that <clears throat> it's music. Love you, wherever you are. Is that York making that noise over there? It's just after a while, it's just music, and I, I hear that. But what we have to teach people is that that's actually not what they're learning. They're learning on the plateau, and that takes patience, diligence, long-term practice. And that's when things are being programmed into them. And I love that example because that is what I believe this community is about. There's no quick fix here. I'm teaching the Pastor Discovery class with, along with my wife, Laura, on Thursday nights. And I, I, I think I've said it every week. I don't have the, the answers. We don't have a quick fix for you if, your life is, if you're struggling. But what we do have is the plateau. We have the long-term place where you can land and, and be supported. And it's so important who we surround ourselves with. It's vitally important. So I'm going to speak a little bit about that today. And I love this, this, this chant so sacred that Jordan and I just did. Uh, there's a, um, have a you, get the, you get the full, I had 10 minutes less to do things this morning with some activity, so you get the full advantage of my, my uh, study. But Krishnamurti, who's a wonderful, wonderful teacher, said that love is the most practical thing in the world. The ambitious seek power and in their quest are blind to the fact that love is the greatest power known to us. Great love is great intelligence because it recognizes that ultimately love is the only thing that matters. And so when we sing that song about love and I will share, it really is about giving it away, giving it away and giving it away. Giving away everything we have. Because that's what we're here to do. So I'm going to break that down a little bit for you. I spent some time with David White this week, and David, uh, someone gifted me with a copy of a DVD. David White is an amazing, amazing man. He's a poet. We've had his books in the bookstore, and they typically disappear. We don't get a bunch of them, but David White is someone that I think is uh, walking this planet in, a, in, a, in an expanded state of consciousness, in enlightenment, and he, he portrays it and communicates it through his poetry. And David had this to say. There are three possibilities in life when things happen, the way we experience things. One is that we'll have an experience and then we'll say, it, it didn't happen. 
We'll just deny it. We'll, we'll, we will, many times we will have an experience and then we will place an affirmative prayer over it and not recognize it anymore. And that's called spiritual bypass. Another way to, to approach it is to look at it as things happen and then we move into this story that we start to tell about being a victim. Mentioned it last week, talked about Israel and, and uh, Palestine. It's a perfect example of it. That they did stuff to us, we did stuff to them, now we're going to go get them, and it's back and forth. It's going on for thousands of years. It's part of their legacy. So we can do that. We can say it didn't happen. We can decide that we were a victim in this. <clears throat> the third thing that David says is that we can look, look it straight in the eye. We can be conscious enough to look it straight in the eye. Yesterday, we, we had 35 practitioners here. We've done an, an annual practitioner retreat three years in a row. It was a beautiful experience. Dr. Rick Moss helped uh, come and facilitate that. And it was a beautiful experience. The night before, I was so excited. And I didn't know why. I just knew I was going to hang out with my family. I was going to spend time with my family. And this is my family, but I was going to have a chance to really spend time with a family that, that, one of the neat things about practitioner training is, as you do the work, as you do the affirmative prayer, that's one of our tools, on the plateau, and I know it's boring and, 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 and difficult at times, it's uncomfortable to say the least when you start, like any practice, but the thing I want you to know about whatever this is, everything we love in our lives, at one point in time, we didn't even know about it. Don't that mean, isn't that true? If we always stay on G... The chord G with the song. We never learn the other chords. We can't sing the other songs. But everything that I have ever discovered in my life that I delight in, at one point in time, I didn't even know about. I mean, that's just, it's so obvious. And yet you think about it. Go, why? Why would I stay stuck anywhere? I can take G with me and play a bunch of songs. It doesn't mean we have to throw G away to learn something else. We add it into our toolbox. And so we did this practitioner retreat. And then the wonderful thing about it is everybody has done enough work. Everybody has stood in their own stuff long enough that we can look things straight in the eye. No one was talking about victim, and yet those stories came up, those things that we pack away, haven't looked at. And then Rick was doing processes with us. He said it's just a matter of clearing it. He used the, the metaphor, the, the bubble wrap. And he said when we have those experiences come to the surface and we start to tear up or we start to feel sad or whatever it is, we store it physically. And we, pop, we can pop the bubble wrap. A lot of times because we don't feel like there's a major shift going on, it is happening because we're on the plateau. So to sit in a circle of 35 practitioners, we had our friends from Saskatoon come. One of our practitioner, uh, one of our sisters from uh, Kamloops joined us. It was beautiful. And some from uh, Reverend JJ's center here in Edmonton. So we had 35 of us doing this work. And we were able to sit with one another and honor and cherish. Most of it done silently. We don't run around because someone's starting to cry and say, stop crying. What's wrong? It's not what we do because we want to we hold the space and see them as powerful and capable and allow them to have the experience. It's powerful. It's powerful stuff. And it's wonderful. And I felt just so transformed by it. I didn't sleep the night before I went home. It, it ended at 5. I was in bed at 6 o'clock yesterday. So it's just like, I'm done. Went home and slept for 3, 4 hours, got up, read, got ready for today. and Here we are. But I just couldn't think. I was just, it was such an amazing day. And so when you need rest, take rest. French philosopher Camus, which inspired my request for Reverend Catherine, both Reverend Catherines this morning in presiding, had a quote. Uh, David White talks about a graduation. I'll, I'll give you the quote in a second, but I want to set it up a little bit. David White went to the graduation of his son, and his son has just uh, graduated in, in, in evolutionary science. And he said it was so refreshing to go to the graduation because the first thing the professor said to everyone is evolution did happen. Because there are people that say, uh-uh, no, the world's only 6,000 years old and this is how it happened. And that's, 
a nice story, but evolution did happen. And evolution continues to happen. And so every student was asked to get up and, and share a few words. And what his son shared at that was a, a quote from a French philosopher by the name of Camus. Camus said, always live close to tears. Always live close to tears. And what, by that, we had a discussion at the retreat yesterday about vulnerability. Because we all picked qualities of being. Everybody picked five words out of a, by right of consciousness, out of a, I had Laura do 7,000 of them in case everybody picked the same word. She kept printing these things up saying, are you sure? I said, yeah, keep going. Everybody might get the same word. Who knows? Everybody might need to be vulnerable. So we all picked five qualities. And I, had, I still have the whole bag, so I'll go into the family archives if we never use it again. But we all picked five qualities. And some got vulnerable. And some didn't like vulnerable. I don't want to be vulnerable. I'm not talking about being in harm's way. I'm not talking about putting ourselves in danger. I'm talking about being available to what's present, to what's happening, and, being, and looking it in the eye. Not saying I'm a victim and I'm not doing this anymore, not denying it, saying, oh, it never happened, never happened. But to stand firmly. And it's that vulnerability. And so when things come up, sometimes it's sad. Sometimes we have those memories. But the great thing about that, as Rick was saying yesterday, and we know from all the great teachers on the planet right now, is when you pull it close, when you pull something close like that, and you look at it, and you look it firmly in the eye, the energy around it dissipates. Rick was saying yesterday that when we clear those things, many times we have a phobia, we have a story. When you clear it, it's difficult to remember what it was. And that's been my experience. When he said that, I thought, yeah. A lot of times people want to know what my journey was. You know, when you do the, when you're in the stuff, you ever been in the stuff? I've been in this stuff a few times. It's, it's uncomfortable to say the least. And then when it's, it, dissipa- it dissipates, a lot of times I can't remember until somebody shows up and starts telling me my story again because that's what happens in practitioner work. All of a sudden, some, if somebody comes in the door and starts telling you, you sto- your story again about lack or limitation. And while they're telling the story, I'm sitting there going, wow, I remember this. This is good. This, this is good because I can, I, can, I can know something different for this person because I know that's just the story. If you haven't done the work as a practitioner, someone can, comes in and starts telling you your story, right away you buy into it and all of a sudden emotionally you're connected to the story. Can't help them. Ernest Holmes says if the consciousness, Rick said this yesterday, it's so true, if the consciousness isn't there as a practitioner, then all we're doing is announcing. All we're doing is announcing. It's empty words. If the consciousness isn't there. So live close to tears. David White had this to say. We've been doing this book. I'll tell you what. If you wait another 20 minutes before you sing, I, I, I promise I'll, I'll give you your shot, wherever she is. In the book, The, the, the Big Leap, it talks about genius, living from your genius. It talks about... And what does that mean? Because we're going to sign this poster eventually. I'm going to invite people to come up and sign the poster. But to live from your genius, David White has this definition of genius, which I think is right on. Because most of us think of genius as, as um, we're going to write the next great novel. We're going to do the next composition. We're going, to, you know, we're going to conquer the world in some big, big way. This is what David White has to say. And when I found this definition, I just thought, yes, yes. To live out of the elemental meeting of your own ancestry. Genius. To live out of your own elemental meeting of your own ancestry. So in other words, each of us has been conditioned. We have a lineage behind us of generations that we we carry some of that with us. We have family. We have teachers. We have environment. We've been born at this time. 
on this planet, not by accident, but by, by divine right appointment. And so that shapes how we look at life. That shapes how we see things. And we're, it's like no other. Each one of us, like no other. It is to live from that individual unique genius. Not to live from somebody else's genius. Have you ever had parents? I had a friend once that went to medical school. And his dad was a shoemaker. He repaired shoes his whole life. He lived his dad's dream. His dad always wanted him to be a, sh- uh, a doctor. And he fulfilled that. And I know he fulfilled that with a lot of um, distress. And became a very successful doctor. But it wasn't his genius. He was living someone else's genius. And so that's why it's so important to stand in the grounding of our own being and live on that plateau and do the discovery and look it in the eye and be in that conversation. Or we'll live somebody else's genius. One of the great stories that uh, David White tells, he lives on Whidbey Island in Seattle, and he said he came out one day and there was this whole flock of geese as he was getting on the ferry to go into Seattle. And he said the flock of geese all took off together. And then they circled around, and he said, everybody that was getting on the ferry, a few hundred people looked up. Everybody stopped and looked up and watched the geese as they formed their formation and started going south. And he said the, the amazing thing about that, and he has a poem written about it. It's beautiful. So the amazing thing about that, why we're captivated by nature, one of the things about nature is those geese know who they are, and they know their place. In the corner of the universe, they're They're perfect. They know who they are. And they follow that. They're in that deep, intuitive, instinctual guidance that they all have. We see it in nature everywhere. They know. And many times we don't. We don't know. We're still figuring it out on our own. My parents didn't know. My parents were were living out a legacy of of what what was their conditioning, what was their genius. But it never got a chance to fully express itself because they were too busy with the stories they made up. And I saw that. So when I look at my life and what they've done and the opportunity I have, this is abundance. To be able to be in this conversation, to be able to be in this inquiry, to have the space to do this, this is abundance. This is success. This is love in my life. The ultimate success mantra today, I expand in abundance, success, and love every day as I inspire those around me to do the same. If you're living from that, you're doing that. But if you're not living from that, and you're walking around telling everybody what you're living from, you're just announcing. Hey, look at me. Look at what I'm doing. I am, let me see. Oh, yeah, I'm expanding in abundance, success, and love every day. You're just announcing. When you stand in this, and you're in that presence, people get it. There's no doubt. Didn't happen, victim. Look it straight in the eye. What David White suggests is we need more and more silence in our lives. More and more silence in our lives. That as we go along, he said, you know, when you're 21, you don't realize. You have no idea what's going to happen. He said, if you you were to look at your life from from now, I'm 56. He said, using myself as an example, looking back, and if you could see yourself at 56 from 21, you would lock yourself in a closet and never go out. You would. Because you go out into the world and stuff happens. And we're called to certain things. See, we, have, we set an intention and it's great to do that. Live consciously. But be fully alive. And then we're called to things. And where most of life happens is where the two meet. 
You know, I can sit and do my affirmative prayer and my affirmative prayer and my affirmative prayer, and then all of a sudden I move out. I'll say, well, gee, I've got to have a conversation. I'm going to this meeting or whatever, and I'll rehearse it in my head. And then I get to the meeting, and it never goes the way I rehearsed it. Never. I mean, if it's happened for you, let me know. I'd love to read about it. But it never goes that, because that's the relationship, and that's where we spend most of our time. And yet we're not trained to do that. We're not trained to be in the conversation and trust it. David White said, half of what we are, we will never know. It's that mystery. It's a mystery. So stop worrying about knowing all of it, trying to figure it all out. It's looking it straight in the eye and say, this is life. This is the day I have to live in. The art and heart of abundant living. One of his, I couldn't do the poem this morning because I ran out of time. I'm going to share it with you because I promised. And there's probably some that stayed because I, I made the promise. So as soon as I find it, I'm going to share it. Here it is. Somebody took my poem, but I brought the book. <clears throat> and this is, about, this is about abundance, love, and success. This is about seeing things with new eyes. This is about being present to our lives. And it's called Everything is Waiting for You. It is my favorite poem by David White. Your great mistake is to act the drama as if you were alone. Your great mistake is to act the drama as if you were alone. As if life were a progressive and cunning crime with no witness to the tiny hidden transgressions. To feel abandoned is to deny the intimacy of your surroundings. To, to feel abandoned is to deny the intimacy of your surroundings. If we are immersed in spirit, and I've, I've had people come in and tell me, if we're immersed in spirit, how can you feel abandoned? That's because we haven't been trained in the conversation to be present with what is, to look it straight in the eye. That's the kind of courage it takes. The, and the permeability and the vulnerability, that's the kind I'm talking about. To feel abandoned is to deny the intimacy of your surroundings. Surely even, at, even you at times have felt the grand array, the swelling presence and the chorus crowding out your solo voice. You must note the way the soap dish enables you or the window latch grants you freedom. It's everywhere. It's in all the details. It's in all the little things too that we're immersed in, that we take for granted. You know, the podium, the glass of water, the guitar pick, it's all God. It's all sacred. But we forget because we're so busy telling ourselves a new story trying to figure it out because we're not conditioned, we're not trained to be in the conversation. But if we stay on the plateau long enough, we'll get there. But it's having the endurance and the courage to keep, keep stepping into it. Say, this is here for me too. This showed up for me too. Alertness is the hidden discipline of familiarity. Alertness is the hidden discipline of familiarity. To not go to sleep because it's so familiar to us. Alertness. Whenever I read this, whenever I see David talk, I am so, it's so easy for me to celebrate my life with my wife and the small things, just watching her walk across the room and just all the little things. She was folding and tearing apart the 7,000 qualities of being and she kept shaking her head and looking at me. I said, just keep going, honey, you're doing great. And she did. But just all of the great things, the, the stuff that she just steps up all the time in full support of my life and my ministry, man, I... And that requires alertness. Who's got your back? It's a wonderful thing to have somebody that has your back. Not because you've demanded it, but because they've shown up in your life and said, I love you. And I'm in, I'm in 
gives gives everything. Alertness is the hidden discipline of familiarity. All the stairs are your mentor of things to come. The doors have always been there to frighten you and to invite you, and the tiny speaker in the phone is your dream ladder to divinity. Put down the weight of your aloneness and ease into the conversation. Ease into the conversation. What what is happening? And I'm going to talk a bit in a moment about how we do that better. The kettle is singing even as it pours you a drink. The cooking pots have left their arrogant aloofness and seen the good in you at last. Do you ever feel disconnected from the cooking pots? This door over here keeps getting broken. I went out this morning. People keep pulling it so hard. I've, we fixed the thing about 10 times, and everybody rip, somebody will rip the thing off because it closes very hard. It sticks, and we understand. I went out today, and I said, I need to apologize to you. I am so sorry. You have been asking me and asking me to fix you and change you for four years now. And then we, we, we put a Band-Aid on it, and it breaks again. And somebody can't get in, can't get out. And I just went to that door today and I said, I apologize. I don't know what to tell you. And you know what the door said? The door said, it's okay. I still love you. We had a nice hug. But it's still broken. The kettle is singing even as as it pours you a drink. The cooking pots have left their arrogant aloofness and seen the good in you at last. My teacher used to talk all the time about the fairy kingdom. And I used to think, ooh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then she'd say, if you ever tell anybody I talked about this, I'll deny it. So if you ever call her and talk to her, she'll deny it. But, But you know what? And then we went and worked, did some work with Llewellyn Von Lee. He's a Sufi mystic. He talked the whole weekend about the fairy kingdom and how when you work with the earth, when you work with the plants, there's a life there. There's a life force there. It's called the, the uh, Davidian kingdom, the Deva kingdom. It's David, but it's, he pronounced it uh, Deva kingdom. He has a very th- strong English accent. But all, so all the birds and creatures of the world are unutterably themselves. Everything, everything is waiting for you everything. Isn't that a beautiful thing? And to know that, to know that. So when we talk about the big leap, we talk about the genius, we talk about are you willing to have your life work all the time? Are you, are you willing to step into this new way of being? It's not more to do. It's not more to do. He said, David White said, in the, in the culture that we live in, we are so poorly conditioned to understand how important it is to find deep rest. Deep rest deep rest. Rick Moss was at the first service. He came up to me afterwards. Rick taught transcendental meditation for 20 years. And I was first, it's the first spiritual foothold that got some formal discipline in my life was transcendental meditation. As a young kid living in the Midwest, raised in a very traditional environment, and I watched my friends applying transcendental meditation in their lives. And as as scary as it was, because we didn't understand it, you know, we thought you'd walk in there and You'll be shanghai and be working on a freighter to China before they know. All the stories you make up. But Rick said one of the things they know with, with transcendental meditation or any form of meditation is that the healing takes place at deep rest. Do you have deep rest in your life? Deep, deep rest. And when we're in the deep rest, we can listen to what wants to be said. 
And for me, it's, intu- it's intuition. It's, a, it's, a, it's an intuitive hit. It's a, it's a cellular shift. What wants to be said? And sometimes the tears come. The deep rest. Because what happens when we practice that? David White says that in our culture, we need to say no three times to everyone. We need to say no to three times the every, the, to the every yes we make. And we say, no, no, no. Because when we start to eliminate the distractions, when we're in the conversation, we get so busy. So busy, 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 busy. Think and do and Even to have this self-awareness, to look it straight in the eye when all of a sudden we're running with another story and say, no. Not just the physical no, but I'm not going there with you. Hey, there's not enough. There's not enough. Not enough is a... We're going through a huge cultural shift here. There's not enough. So we're having, as a leadership team, we're having that discussion right now. We got stuff to do. We have stuff, important stuff to do, in my opinion. And we're, this is a plateau. In the studies, David White shares this as well, because I just want to give him full credit. So much of it touched me so deeply. He said, we, ha- we live in an era of uh, RRSPs and tax-sheltered... Uh, savings accounts and retirement and, and pension. What we know now, and we've known for, from antiquity, but what gives people joy and satisfaction and richness in their lives is not the money they have. It's the, the community that they're connected to. It's the family they're surrounded by. And it's the stories they bring with them from that community. to be part of this community with you is such a joy. We celebrate spirit here. We're on the plateau together. We honor everyone's process. When I decided to get into ministry, this is what my prayers were about. To be in an environment where there were people that had the courage to stand in the fire with you despite what was going on. There people came from, from different locations yesterday wanted to know my secret. And I said, you know, the, the, the secret to our success because we're, we're from, from other people's perspective, we're very successful. And we are. But we're not successful because we set out to be successful. We set, we, we're successful because we continue to, to create the container of consciousness so people can fall into it and they can say, you know what, I'm here. I can do, I can do the next bit of work I, I need to do to continue to wake up. Part of community. This environment that we have here is my demonstration, personally. But it was having the graciousness and the willingness to move into it. So when when Spirit shows up and says, you might have to pull up your roots and give up all your friends that you know, that you see every day. You might not see your your two children as they go through their teenagers every week. You might have to cut ties with so many things. See, I didn't sign up for that. And yet I knew that this is what my prayer has been. And even if I live next door to my, my children, I might not see them. And I said, you know what? We'll walk through this door. And it didn't affect just me. It affected my wife, Laura. It affected my two stepsons. But it took courage because it was very, very uncomfortable for many. But the call was so compelling. And, and the declaration had been made so many times and then I, when it showed up, I said, well, I didn't sign up for this. No, no, it wasn't going to be like this. I, I wasn't going to have to move. And yet, 
sometimes we have to move. Sometimes we have to leave home. It's all beautiful. But you have to look it in the face. And you have to make the choices. And you have to be in the deep conversation. And you have to give all of yourself to it. See, if we continue to give away, continue to give away, continue to give away, because that which, which we belongs to us always comes back. You can't give it away. And that's why generosity is so important. And there's a huge cultural shift going on for us as a leadership team. We had the, the, the group from Saskatoon came to the early morning service. We gave them $5,000 last month to, to help seed their new chairs. They bought 100, 100 chairs with 50 more ordered for their new community. And this is just we, what we know we want to do. This is what we're called to do as a leadership, as a board. It's a powerful thing. We raised $2,100 last week for Haiti. We're doubling it as an organization, and then we're going to send it to one of the organizations, and there's several. I know that uh, Thomas said something on, our, um, on Doctors Without Borders. There's organizations that will double it. We turn 2100 into $8,400. Use the money wisely. But, but those are the things to do. But when you're powerful and you understand that someone, Wendy came in today and she said to me, we need a bigger parking lot. I said, I'm with you, sister. I know we do. I know we do. But we'll get there. The right things, but if you're in the conversation, you know the right things to do. You know the right things to do with resources. And, and, and so it's, it's, it's not that it's easy, but you make the best choices you have each day. But if you're grounded in the truth of your being, if you have spiritual practice, so you're not just announcing to the world who you want to be, but you're being who you are, it's completely different. And when you stand in that, see, people ask, what's the secret here? I say, you know, the secret is I, I, I have been in prayer treatment for, for 20 years, but sending the people that can help support me into bringing into to, to manifestation the highest possible experience that I can help support on the planet. This community happens to be, this teaching and this tradition happens to be the, the most sane way for me to do that. But for me, I can't, I can't do it all alone. I have all these wonderful people around me that support me. There are five people on a team that put together this practitioner retreat. It's beautiful. Beautiful. I went to a few meetings. You guys go. You're awesome. I have all these wonderful staff ministers that teach and practitioners that teach. We're a teaching, learning community. But, but I had to build the foundation. It took four years to get to that point. I used to do everything around here. I still have to put down the, uh, the role of carpenter. When the door breaks, I think, oh, God, I blew it. Because I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the community carpenter. Used to be. So every time I go to get my tools, I have to, you know, it's like prying me away from some other addiction. But the point being is, it's, it's creating an environment where everyone can play in their gifts, where everyone can live in their genius. And not being attached to it. So if someone says, you know, I've played here long enough and I need to go so you can say with great love, thank you so much for all the gifts you brought into my life. Thank you so much. It's not about holding anybody back. It's not about manipulation. It's letting everyone play in their gifts. Yesterday with Rick Moss, people got up. They're in their process. It was just powerful, wonderful stuff. Powerful. Wonderful stuff. And their shift and change is my shift and change. There's no private good here. So the plateau, that community to be part of, this is the community that I know for me that I just, I love being immersed in this. And I don't know all the answers, but I don't have to know all the answers. I just show up each day, do the best I can, and if I'm confused and don't know the answer, I just tell people, I don't know. Let me think about it. If I get a good idea, I'll share it. Otherwise, keep my mouth shut. 
See, it's great to be in charge and be able to tell people you don't know. I don't have all the answers. But I, I, I am grounded enough in what, what I believe to be true. I, have, I spend enough time in that conversation. So it's not about doing more. When you take these affirmations, this, the ultimate success mantra, I expand in abundant success and love every day as I inspire those around me to do the same. When we're in a deep conversation, practice this week. I'll ask you, and I'll do it too. Let's practice at least one time. Deep rest. Really deep rest. Deep, deep, deep rest. Rick Moss was saying with the, t the Transcendental Meditation Research that that is when the stress blows off at deep, the level of deep rest. How many of us do that? But it's a practice we can learn. Deep rest. And then we're in the conversation at a whole different level and we won't have all the answers in the conversation but we'll be in the conversation. And that conversation is, that, is at that intuitive level. It's at that vitality of life that, that there's no manuals written on it, that it's yours and yours alone. It is your genius. What are you guided to? What is your, what is your divine appointment in your life? Because that's what's going to move us forward in a, in a culture. When, that, when the stock market went crazy and the banks all went broke, what happened? Everybody got scared. Everybody said, we're all a victim in this and we've got we to gotta fix it. What if we let them all go belly up? You don't think there would have been people with investment money to pick up those mortgages? Some people who couldn't afford homes, we'd have to find another way to support them and love them. This thing that's going on in Haiti, I have to tell you, and it's a tragedy and it's sad and it's terrible, but I think there's a lot of people that are excited about this as well because all of a sudden they have a bigger purpose in their life. Let's save Haiti. But why does it take something like that? Why does it take such extreme suffering to open our, our, our pocketbooks and our hearts? We can do that without that situation. And I think that collectively we, we'll have experiences like this so we crack ourselves open. We can crack ourselves open. We can live close to tears anytime we want. But we keep having these experiences. So the people that need to save others, they're on it. They haven't done any of their own personal work. They're not in the conversation, but it keeps them busy. It's one more thing to do. And so it's a balancing act. I'm not saying don't help. I'm saying let's help and let's help them rebuild and rebuild in a great way. I'm all for it. I want to do everything I can. If I can go there and help physically, I'll go. But what I'm saying is, look at how we are being and are being in, in doing the service and doing the work. Because otherwise, we're just announcing. We're just announcing. And the genius that you are and that I am needs to be expressed. Needs to be expressed and given birth to. So stay on this plateau with me. Even when you don't think it's happening, it is happening. Yesterday in the, in the work with Rick Moss, I kept going into this lucid dream state. He was doing these guided meditations. Every time he would start, I'd go into this lucid dreaming state. I, couldn't, I could hear his voice, but I couldn't track what he was saying. And I told him that. I said, Rick, every time you go into it, I just go into this sort of, I'm not asleep, but I'm, I, I, I can't track what you're saying. So he muscle tested me. He said, have there been shifts and changes? And, and he does muscle testing to check the vibration. And, and it, you know, that's what chiropractors do. And, you know, it was, and it was very strong. So I was in the room, and I was willing and open with my heart. And so whatever needed to be heard was being heard. And it wasn't even an audible thing. It was a, it was a vibration. But fascinating. But you've got to show up. You've got to be present. You've got to be willing. I don't know what happened, but I'm a, if, if something good happened, I'm, I'm all for it. And, I, I, and there's just such great clarity for me today. But you've got to show up for your own life, for yourself. We're here to filter our consciousness, our awareness, and our way of thinking so that we can be the brightest, most possible expression of the infant on the planet. You do that, you've done it. You've helped everyone. 
and you will be doing things physically and on this planet that will be amazing because you'll be living from your genius. And that's what we need to continue to call forth. So this week, let's find the deep peace. And in that deep peace, then let's come out of that deep peace and let's look around and see where the abundance is in our lives because it's today. Where's the success? It's today. To sit in this room with all of you on these beautiful chairs that we fund drove for, on this beautiful labyrinth, hear this beautiful music from these beautiful musicians, that's success. And it's love. It's love in action. It's today. It's not tomorrow. It's not tomorrow. We're not doing this because we're trying to earn heaven. Heaven's today. Rick Moss said it. We were in the prayer circle before. He says, let's go out there and give them heaven. I said, yeah. Let's give them heaven. So this week, give them heaven. So it is. Love you guys.